Welcome to the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. I am your host, John Martin Keith. Celebrities, working class musicians, and people who work behind the scenes in all areas of the music industry will share their stories, encourage you, and give practical advice of ways you can make a living doing what you love in the music industry. This episode is brought to you by Edenbrook Productions. Edenbrook Productions is the company I founded to help musicians grow in their craft. Are you a songwriter, but maybe you've been told your songs aren't quite there yet? Or are your songs ready, but you don't feel stage ready? Or maybe music is your passion, but you feel imprisoned by your day job and you don't know what to do next to make your dream a reality. Well, Edenbrook Productions is here to help. We offer consulting services via phone call, Skype, and FaceTime. And for the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast listeners, we're offering an introductory one-hour consultation special. Click on the link in the show notes to contact me, and let's get you making a living in the music industry. Hey everyone, welcome to the show today. Let me introduce you to one of my newer friends, Hope Thal. Hope is a composer, songwriter, and vocalist based out of Los Angeles. She studied classical voice at Grand Canyon University in Arizona before moving to L.A. to study film scoring at UCLA Extension. Since then, she has been writing on various independent projects, including 2018's L.A. Live Festival Best Short Film winner, Cats Out of the Bag, and the HBO documentary, At the Heart of Gold. Currently, Hope is a composer at Joy House Music, a score production company started by composer Catherine Joy, which offers services including music preparation, orchestrating, and everything else that goes into creating a great score. And if that's not enough to keep her busy, she is also the Director of Communications for the Alliance for Women Film Composers. Please enjoy our conversation. All right. Well, we are here with my good friend, Hope Thal. Hello. Hi, Hope. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm so good. It is so good to have you on my podcast. Uh, this is super exciting to finally get to actually spend some time talking with you because uh, just for our audience, <clears throat> excuse me, our audience to know, you and I have known each other for a little over a year now. Right, yeah. Technically, but we've never officially <laughs> met in person. Yeah, that's wild. Um, which is awesome because that is the beauty of technology. Yeah. Um, there's lots of good things about technology. There's lots of bad things about technology. But one of the best ones that I have... I gotten to know about over the past couple of years is just the fact that I can reach out to people, you know, anywhere in the world and over, you know, emailing and Skyping, Zencastering, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, and getting to write music and record music with people and make these incredible songs with people you never actually get to meet in person, Um, at least not right now. But so that'll come someday soon, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, and that's been cool. And so just so the audience knows, you know, you and I have known each other for a little over a year and we've written some songs together. And so we write for music, music for TV and film projects. And um, and you do tons of that kind of stuff. And I know you're more on the scoring side of that. We'll get into that in a minute. But as far as what you and I do, we've written some really cool pop sci-fi kind of music together and, um, and getting those songs pitched to TV shows and uh, movies and different things like that. So that's been really cool. And I've enjoyed doing that with you. So, yeah. Um, but I wanted you to come on my show and to talk about just give me your story and the audience, your story of how you've gotten into music. What was your passion to do that? Uh, and ha- because the concept, obviously, of the show is to you can make a living in the music industry. And, you know, I want to encourage the listeners to how they can do that if they're wanting to pursue something particular. And it can be multiple things, and most of us do multiple things. Um, but you know, I know that you do a lot of scoring uh, for films mm-hmm. and different projects, and then you also teach voice lessons and and different things like that. So just kind of just start out things. and share share your story of how you got into it. What what got you into music to begin with? Yeah, so I have been like since I was very young, kind of just your classic, like loved to perform and sing all the time. And my dad is actually a pastor. And so I grew up in that like church world of singing at church all the time. Yeah. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was like classic PK life. And I loved singing at church and all that. And 
did choir and all that growing up, but nothing to – I never got super involved. It was mostly just like me in my room with my karaoke machine. Mm-hmm. But I would um, I would write songs all the time even before I played any instruments just on my own. I'd like write them in my little journal and like sing them for my friends. And I was always doing that. And then as I got older, like I would do more of that like in high school and stuff. Every once in a while, like write a song that we'd perform at church or or things – like that. And, um, there's always something I was interested in. And I think even like, I can't remember a time in my life where I like considered doing anything besides music. Like that was just the only thing I've ever been passionate about. So yeah, I actually started deciding when I was in high school that I wanted to go to Hillsong Bible College in Australia. And so I wanted to do their music program and and all that, and they are they create you know they write songs and all that, so kind of the whole mm-hmm. package of of what I had experienced, and so I had decided to do that, and then basically what happened was when I was I graduated high school early to work and save money, and I was only seventeen, and you couldn't really like legally move to Australia before you were eighteen, like by yourself um and so I had to wait an extra six months to be able to go. So during that time, I had already saved all the money I wanted to save, and I was really ready to go. And my now husband, who was just my boyfriend at the time when we were 17, was like taking classes at the community college because he had like a full ride scholarship and was like, eh, might as well just take classes while we're like waiting to go to this college. And so um, we both signed up for like full music course just at this community college and took like music theory and and piano. I had already been playing piano for a while, but class piano and all those sight singing and all those stuff. And I loved it a lot. I really fell in love with all of those things, um, getting to actually study music. And so um, six months later, I moved to Australia and – the college there is great. It's just that it wasn't very like learning about music. It was more learning about like leadership and church stuff and right. a lot like very minimal music. And even then it was like very niche market of music. And I had just thankfully like really fallen in love with learning so much more and realizing there was so much I had not like learned about that I really wanted to know about. And so I actually left there uh, about six months into the program and decided to come back and do a program that's more like what we can, what we consider getting a degree in music in the States. And so I did that. I started at a small Christian school and then they kind of introduced me to singing classical music and through that, I transferred to like a little bit of a bigger school, Grand Canyon University in Arizona, and um, did a, did my whole degree in vocal performance. And it was during that time, so many like side steps to this story, but it was during that time that I watched the TV show Lost, mm-hmm. and I had never really watched a show like that. Like this was kind of at the beginning of streaming being what it is now, but I was obsessed with it and also was just like, the music is so amazing. And it was the first time that I had felt like the classical music that I was studying had this like relevant world that it was living in today. Cause I kept feeling like I was enjoying what I was studying, but I couldn't see how it like fit into the world, like the modern world. And then when I watched Lost, I was like, oh, this is like how it fits, you know? And it just was very inspiring. And I thought like, oh, that's totally like a bucket list thing would be awesome to score stuff. And then I like wrote papers about it in school and all this different stuff. Um, And then after I was graduating, my husband was just sort of like, you know, what's next? And I – I was like, well, I could go get my master's in vocal performance, but I don't want to be an opera singer. I just don't know, like, that is a viable option for me to go and get that degree at least. And then he was just sort of like, what would you want to do? And I was like, well, I'd want to be a film composer if I could do anything. And then he was just sort of like, you should just see what's out there. And 
So is is wanting to become a film composer, is that because you watched Lost and saw what that was doing? Is that was that kind of the trigger for that? Totally. And I loved I I liked what I was studying and I wanted to keep learning. Like I really didn't feel like I was done. I feel like I had just t- dipped my toe in the pond because a lot of my colleagues had been studying classical music their whole lives and doing it for so long. And I just sort of happened to stumble into this world, I felt like. And so by the time I was finishing, I was like, I feel like I'm just getting started. And so that really like triggered that for me to to see what was out there for me to learn about, to, to keep studying. So I, I looked and found this UCLA program that was like every class when I read the description was like a dream of a class, like totally something, even just for fun, you know, like without any pressure to become anything. I was just like, this program looks incredible and I want to do it so bad. So yeah, we decided to go for it. So I'm from Arizona originally, but my husband's also a photographer. And so we kind of both were like, well, like there's plenty in LA for us to do if we could do these things. Mm -hmm. So let's just give it a shot. And like the only, we were just like, let's at least just, I will finish this program and then we'll, we'll reevaluate at the end. And then I fell in love with it. I just kept falling deeper and deeper in love with the whole process as I came here and and started taking classes and all that. So So while you were taking classes, were you able to get any work um, scoring or working in the film industry doing music? Or were you completely just immersed in just doing classes and learning learning, uh, the craft at that point? Yeah, I definitely wasn't even looking at first for anything because I, again, was like my background was not in composing. Like I was really going out on a limb there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I mostly in school worked just at a clothing store and then things started to sort of like ripple towards the end where I like met a girl at the store that I worked at who was like going to a film festival and she was bringing her project to this festival. So I was like, Hey, like, just so you know, I'm a composer. And she was like, Oh, like, do you have your information? It'd be great to get your info. And so I gave her my information and then she like called me two days later and was like, Hey, I have this web series that I want you to do. And Yeah, it was amazing. And while I was in school, I mostly was trying to do like passion projects just to keep my like keep things that I like doing and was good at. Like that's something that I always tell people, like make sure you're always doing something that you like and that you're good at when you're trying to become a professional musician because mm-hmm. because it can feel it can become like work and you can need an escape and so to make sure like the you're also doing creative things that feel like fulfilling, but especially when you're trying to do something that's challenging to you to also remind yourself that you're good at certain things and to do those things. So I was doing, like I did this project called the Bieber Project um, that was just me doing a handful of Justin Bieber covers and we like recorded them and I reorchestrated them and had my friends come and it was a blast. It was so fun. And then I also, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, okay. The the Bieber Project. So is that for someone else or is that someone, something that you guys did just for yourselves, just for fun of it? Yeah, it was totally just a passion project. Just to that, do it. Yep, I just wanted to do it. Um, all my stuff had been scoring and I hadn't done any like songwriting or singing in a while. And so that was sort of just a, this would be really fun, kind of like um, something again, like that I know I'm good at and that I really like. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I just did it. And then it's amazing. And why I tell people you should always do stuff like that is because even though that project was not a scoring project, I've gotten work and even now still have people who watch that and feel like it represents me as an artist enough for them to get an idea. So even that girl who gave me the web series and I had never scored anything before besides in school was like, I watched this and it was amazing and I felt like um, I really connected with it. And and blah, blah, blah. So that gave her like confidence to give me this gig, even though like they're not the same thing, you know? Right. Um, so it was just an encouraging, encouraging moment for me to like keep doing what I know that I am good at and passionate about so that because I think it speaks for even more than, oh, I can show you something that's exactly what you want, but 
sometimes there's times where people just want to like see your creativity and your artistry and you can show them that and things that you've done that you're actually passionate about, you know? Sure. So what was the project that the, the girl came to you two days later and said, Hey, I want you to score this project for me. What was that? It's called Meet Carol and it was an online web series, um, like 10 episode web series that she had filmed the whole thing and they had a composer and then that composer decided to become a realtor. And so they lost that composer and she was like, you know, we need somebody and I'd love to work with a woman and I liked your songs and all that good stuff. So, um, so I did that and that was really my first thing. And it was an amazing thing to start with because it was 10 episodes. Like I really got to play and I got to really like see something that was episodic versus just like a one-off thing, which is most of the time what you do. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that was really fun. And the director I worked with, Erin Ryan, she's amazing. And we've worked together again since. And she's also just like the most very magical, very affirming person, which was so great for me on a first project to have somebody who was always like making sure to give you lots of feedback and affirmation and all that because it's pretty scary, you know, when you first jump into your first thing and you don't want to let them down and their projects are their babies, you know? Sure. So when you're working on that project and this is your first Mm -hmm. one ever um, and you're scared to death, (laughs) obviously, Mm -hmm. because you're like, I don't want to screw this (laughs) up for somebody else uh, or for me uh, because this this is your your newfound career possibly on the Mm -hmm. line. You're kind of like setting the bar of what you can do. Um, and where you'll go from there. So totally. did she give you um, like a direction that she wanted it to go musically or did she give you complete freedom just to come up with whatever it was in your, in your head whenever you saw, or, let, let me ask you this, were you scoring to picture or were you just, um, just creating music and then putting it to picture later? I was scoring to picture. They had, okay. they had pretty much the whole thing thing done like I think I got the first three episodes like the on day one okay and they had a theme song that was really great that that previous composer had written so we kept that um and then she definitely had specific direction and then when I would send her the ep- like we I would send like a quick time movie of the episode as like a preview and then we'd go through time code and talk about notes of what this if this could hit here if this could there so it's very specific to the film and then we'd kind of just go through a couple of versions until we landed on something solid then okay mix that send it off episode two you know and kind of just went that way and so we did it it was about an episode a week but they're like they're like 10 minute episodes um Mm -hmm. but not obvious they're the whole thing isn't scored but um but isn't it crazy yeah, think, how long it takes to make music for something that's only just a few minutes long? <laughs> I know. Like I don't but think it, then when you uh it is so hard though to keep like when people and it gets so much harder. Like I work for people who do episodes a week that are doing 30 minute episodes and way more music packed into each episode. And I'm right. like And it's all scoring it just, type of music too. Yeah, it's all score. Yeah, it's crazy. That's cool. <laughs> Very that's demanding. Wild. Um yeah. so Okay, after you worked on this first project, how did doors start opening up for you after doing that project? Yeah, a lot of it in the beginning had been just like word of mouth or people I knew. You know, there was a couple of friends who I knew who made projects and asked me. And so I was just sort of like doing whatever I could in that and and having something on my IMDb and all that that eventually like with a couple of little projects started coming in here and there. It just helps too to be able to say, oh, like I just did this 10 episode web series. Like people don't even have to see it to already feel like, oh, you're doing because you're doing something. I feel that if somebody hired you, then there's more hope to hire you. You know sure. what I mean? Right. Than if you did then you and if I hadn't done anything. But right. um And I think UCLA, like, that's a good name around here, and people know that that program is good, so that also was helping me sort of pitch myself. But things just started falling in, and then eventually I got this project um, called Cats Out of the Bag that did go on to a few film festivals and won 
quite a few like awards. And so that really was kind of a moment for me of like, okay, this is, we're definitely moving in a forward direction and things are getting out there. And now I can put that on my website and that, you know, and all that good stuff. So, so yeah. How did you get that particular project? That one was kind of crazy. It was like a friend of a friend had had written the movie and she's an actress, but she wanted to be writing as well. And then she had teamed up with this producer. So I had seen her and she was like, I think I want to like pitch you to be the composer for this. And I was sort of like, okay, but not really sure because they were going to have a decent budget and like they were going to shop who knows who she's working with if they will all agree to choose me. So I was just sort of, you know, you can't hold your breath (laughs) um, for things like that. She wanted you because you were a friend of a friend of hers. Is that correct? Yeah. And she had seen my work and and I had done a couple of things since then. So she was like, it'd be really fun to work together. And like a lot of projects I've worked on, which has been amazing. They've been female led and they've been interested in using a woman as a composer. And there's not a ton of us. I mean, there is a ton of us, but people don't know a lot of female composers. So that's always kind of exciting to think about. I think for both myself and filmmaker to be able to team up with another woman. Yeah. So she said she was going to like pitch me and we'll kind of just see what happens. And then the producer of the project who was producing and directing the project is somebody who had like, she's been around for a while and this was going to, she had done like music videos and things like that, but she wanted to do this short film cause she kind of wants to sidestep into film. And I had actually met her before and shown her my work because a family that I had babysat for one time, (laughs) she lived in the front of their house and they were like, you should just go meet her. She's a producer. Like it'd be a good contact to make. Mm -hmm. And so I just went went over (laughs) and said hello and gave her like my information and my website and, and some of my music, including that Bieber project. And we had talked about that project and and all that and she just kind of put my information in her back pocket and then when they got together my friend of a friend and this woman Stacy um to talk about music they both were like I think I should I want to take a chance on this like young composer just kind of getting started and then my friend of a friend was like yeah me too I have somebody I also want to present and then they both presented me (laughs) (laughs) for the project and so it was sort of a yeah, it was yeah. like magical lights going off everywhere. That's so. awesome. Yeah. That, that to me is, I think, the foundation that a lot of people don't realize. Everything in the music industry and in business really comes down to relationships. A hundred percent. I think in every, almost everything we do, pretty much, it all comes down mm-hmm. to relationships. It's more, that's more valuable than talent. And talent, totally. their talent has to be there, even though there's tons of people that we hear music from that seem to have very little of it sometimes, <laughs> um, unfortunately, but they have relationships. They have connections with people that are able to get them in these positions that they can build upon. And all of a sudden they've got a, you know, this huge career and we may be like, what well, they didn't, they're not very good. I mean, it seems like, mm-hmm. but they have worked uh, that side of things on the relationship side of things. And that's really what it comes down to. You know, it's like, you can totally. be the most talented person in the world, but if you're not easy to work with and you can't connect with people on some level, nobody wants to work with you anyway. Right. You know? Um, so the fact that you can just walk over, somebody can say, Hey, go meet this person that lives at the front of this building. And you can walk over to them and say, you know, Hey, I'm hope. And this is what I do. And so-and-so told me to meet you. And you know, when you've got that, that other person that can connect you guys together, all of a sudden, you know, that kind of breaks down some barriers you know, totally. it's like that wall kind of comes down and you can just connect on a personal level and get to know each other. And then, yeah, you can connect on that personal level uh, with people and, you know, and have some relationships that you wouldn't have otherwise. And when you can do that, uh, they're more open to what you, you do as a career, you know, and, totally. and hey, I do music and this is what I do. And if you ever need something, you know, he, you know, just let me know here I am. And they're way more uh, eager to reach out to somebody on that level than to someone and just to cold call them or email them and right. say, you know, Hey, this is what I do. And I want you to work with me and da da da. And you know, that usually yeah. doesn't go over very well. 
it is hard because <laughs> there's a lot of like musicians who are very talented and aren't super personable. So it, right. it is important to say like, that's a part of, that's like a skill that you do have to develop too, because it means a lot. I mean, in the projects that I work on that are very personal because they're somebody's film or whatever, and they're really having to put a lot of trust in a lot of people, it means a lot that they can talk to you on a human level and that they feel like you hear them and you understand them and you're connecting. Like that means a lot to people who are creating stuff. And so it's it's an important part of developing your own music business is also making sure that that is something that is a strength and not a weakness, you know? Yeah. Um, Because those opportunities come up quite a bit for you, even just being bold, like not even just, oh, having a like nice personality or whatever, but the ability, you know, with that front neighbor, like I was so embarrassed to even go over there and say like, hi, I'm Hope and here's my music and please hire me. You know, I felt really silly, but I think having that boldness or even with, with the, um, Aaron who came into the clothing store I was working at and like, here I am working this retail job telling this girl who's about to go to a film festival that I am a composer while I'm clearly also a retail worker. But I think like having that boldness and a tasteful manner is is very important and very challenging. Like I kind of have to muster up courage sometimes to be like, okay, I need to just go up and say something. And if nothing ever comes of it, great. But if something does, also great, you know? And sure. And that happens quite a bit. And sometimes it's really embarrassing. And I feel if it's somebody I know who they are, it's it's awful. And I'm like, okay, that didn't work out well. But, you know, you just – I think it's an important thing to be able to get the courage to go and talk to people face-to-face and tell them what you do. And I think to some people it means a lot and it says a lot about you when you're just willing to kind of kindly put yourself out there. (laughs) Yeah. And also to show interest in what they do, you know, totally, and not just present what, who you are and what you're doing and Hey, this is what I do. And please hire me. And this is my music and da da da. those types of things. But when we show interest in what that person does and who they are, and then again, it's just building that a relationship with them and getting to know them on a personal level, then that opens, opens them up to, to want to know more about you and what you do. And then that just kind of, you know, um, snowballs into opportunities that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Totally. Which I think is great. Tell me about Joy Music House because that's where yeah. one of the people you work with now. Yeah. So speaking of being bold and going up to people. Um, right. Good segue. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my boss, Joy Music House is like a score production company. We help composers basically get their score from the beginning to the end. And in LA, especially that means usually recording sessions and doing the copying work for the music. So making the scores, hiring the musicians, hiring the engineer, helping run the session. There's a lot that goes into it, pulling stuff out of their um, DAW and getting it into a place that is clean and orchestrate. We do orchestration, we do all that. So that is run by Catherine Joy. Um, And she is an amazing human and also an amazing composer. Um, And she kind of started that. She was already really doing that on her own and hiring people, friends to come and help out with stuff and kind of was getting enough momentum when she did um, Wild Wild Country, the, um, I think, HBO um, documentary series that won an Emmy and all of that. after she did that with composer Brocker Way, it was sort of a really good launching point for her to say, like, I think this is like a viable gig mm-hmm. as a business. And so part of her passion is to help composers who are not making enough money just composing to help them make money still in the music industry without having to have a side gig that's not related to this world whatsoever. Perfect. And so it's amazing because, hello, I'm right there. Yeah. Um, So, but Catherine, I had actually reached out to her on Facebook um, because she works with the AWFC, which I also work with now too, which is the Alliance for Women Film Composers. Okay. 
and I had seen her face on quite a few things. And so I had reached out to her while I was still at UCLA, like about two years ago now, and just was getting to the end of my program and just said, hey, like I would love to buy you coffee and pick your brain. Like I haven't really met any female composers yet who are just making a living in this industry. I know they exist, but I haven't personally got to chat with any. I've talked with a lot of guys. And so I I would love to just pick your brain about it. And so she said yes. I was very persistent about meeting with her. Right. We had to reschedule quite a few times. And um, one of the first things that she said to me when we met was like, thank you so much for being persistent, which I felt like I was being so annoying because I kept bugging her. Right. But she said like she looks for that when she's meeting with people and it like means a lot to her when people are persistent. And so that was a good affirmation of like, okay, it's okay to like kind of, you know, keep asking even if things get rescheduled, they're not trying to avoid you. Right. Let me ask you this. On that thought, when you were being politely persistent and reaching out to her (laughs) on reschedules, like how far in between emails or phone calls did you wait before you would reach back out to her? To try to reschedule. Usually like, yeah, usually like a week. Okay. I'd probably wait. And most of the time, like her response was always super nice. Like I think you have to be able to read. Like it was always that we would get something on the calendar and then something would come up for her. And now knowing her, it's like, oh my gosh, she's one of the busiest people I've ever met. Like Thanks for meeting me at all. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like I know how hard it was for her to actually get there. And knowing now just kind of being more busy myself, like it is hard. Like you're always being asked for last minute everything. And so it is hard to get anything like locked in. So yeah, I'd usually wait about a week or so. Um, If it was like a week and she had said like, we scheduled something and she said she had to reschedule. If she was asking me to reschedule, I would just always say, great, like what works for you in the coming weeks? And then we'd just go from there. Sure. Um, If somebody has – in general, like I have other people who I've asked like, hey, would you want to write something together or work together? And if they just kind of say like give me a general response, I'll usually wait maybe a couple weeks before I reach back out again. Yeah. So yeah, I I met with her and and she was like kind of exactly the personality that I need. Like she's super honest and really direct, but then she's also really like affirming. She's got a really good balance of the two of those. Mm-hmm. And I think we just connected as people pretty fast. And so she was she, her parents are actually um, like missionaries, and so yeah. that was like a good yeah. um, connection for us because we both grew up. She's Australian, but we grew up sort of um, in similar lifestyles. Ah, so did you tell her that was, you lived in Australia for a short period of time? Totally, yeah. And I lived <laughs> and in Australia. That's another connection. Yeah, just another and way to she connect. She was totally, and she was a performance. She did vocal performance as well. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of things there that were like really cool um, connections. Like I felt really encouraged of just how much we had in common because she's much further along. So it was like something kind of for me to aspire to in having this person um, who I shared a lot in common with. So when that happened, um, she kind of just decided we we just sort of – we didn't have an official moment, but it was sort of like, I'm going to keep up with you and see how you're doing and I want you to check in with me and tell me what you're working on and you should get involved with the AWFC and we'll just keep in touch. And Basically, it, it kind of came to this very mentor relationship where I would go to the same events. If she was going to an event, I'd go with her and then um, I'd email her on Fridays and say, like, this is what I did this week while I was really trying to produce work for myself, you know, when I'm not working on something because there's a lot of stages like that. Mm-hmm. And she was just kind of helping keep me accountable and keep up with me, which was amazing. And then a year into that relationship, she had just finished Wild Wild Country. It hadn't come out yet, but she was like, I think things are going to get really crazy and I need you to free up your schedule. (laughs) And um, so she was just sort of like, I'm doing this. And she said, like, I think I want you to be my assistant. And I, I kind of always thought this would happen, but it's happening really fast. And so... Yeah, I just was like, okay, sure, I'm I'm along for the ride. That's awesome. And 
and then that and then Joy Music House started. So it's not just me, it's it's several other. It's about 10 of us total on the team and that's been really amazing and I've learned so much from being a part of that, which has been really fulfilling for me. So yeah, that kind of launched things into like much more of a stable this is for real. Right. I quit my re- retail job before that, but I was mostly teaching and then like getting gigs here and there for those, you know, those scoring gigs are like, they're awesome and they add up. But if, if I'm doing like at that point, you know, three or four a year, that's not an income, you know? So. Or it's not a consistent income. Totally. It's income, so I hopefully. Had to be doing it. <laughs> totally. It's but, definitely, it's definitely adding too. But, but part of the, part of the, uh, the process and the point of, of this show is that, you know, the majority of us that are making music for a living do multiple things to make the income to be able to su- support Absolutely. ourselves or a family. Um, you yeah. know, I do nine or 10 things that allow totally. me to make, yeah, yeah, that allow me to make music um, full time. But, Absolutely. you know, it's not just one thing. It's not, it's not the, the 1990s any longer, you know, where that was, yeah. <laughs> that's what you could do and you can make. Yeah, you know, you could um, write a hit song for somebody else, and then you yep. know, a month or two later, you're buying a new house or a car, or whatever. So you <laughs> totally. can't. Very yeah. rarely can you do that anymore. So, yeah. but you, you know, you're you're um, scoring and composing for you know these indie projects um, yep. when they come in, and then mm-hmm. you're you're also a voice teacher, correct? Right. I teach voice and I teach piano. Okay. Do you do that independently on your own, or you do that for a, a music store, or how does that work for you? Yeah, I do it on my own, um, which is great because like my schedule is always changing. So I have like a general schedule with my kids, but then I'll um I all my parents know that that I am a composer and that that's sort of what I'm doing and so they're and thankfully they're all very supportive and so we often have to reschedule or move things around and so it works really well for me to just be doing that from my own. Right. So um, you just teach out of your on my own out schedule. Of your office out of your home or your office. Yeah, either at my I have a piano at my place so either here or I go to my students. Okay. Um which for me, I mean, if you're anybody out there who's thinking about getting into lessons, <laughs> going to them is a lot of job security. Like now that I'm making more money in doing all these other things, I'm like oh, I wish they all would just come to me. Right. But at first when I was really trying to get into like trying to make a stable income, like have lessons be my stable income, going to my students became like this thing where I just, it's so reliable because parents are like more than anything, they want you to just come to them, you right. know, makes their life so easy. So Sure. You know, I get it. I, I used to do that um, yep. teaching guitar. And when I first started my teaching business here in Nashville uh, about 11 years ago, when mm-hmm. I first got going, I was doing that. I was going to, t- to uh, people's homes. And it got to the point that I had about 35 students every right. week. Uh, and I was spending 12 hours in the car just driving. Oh, no, no, no. You know, like that's yeah. just where I was going. You know, that that was my, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I added that up. I thought, man, I could have like, you know, 10, uh, 10 more students if I could just teach out of my house <laughs> or yeah, in my own totally. place. You know, and eventually I ended up having to shift because of other things going on. Yeah. So I do teach, you know, exclusively out of, my office now as opposed to going to people. But when I did, it was great. And a lot of people do that. And it's definitely, if that's something that you're able to do, but you know, by all means, there is definitely good security in that uh, when you can go to people for sure. Yeah. So you're teaching students Mm -hmm. uh, voice and piano, and then you're scoring these other projects and this is all happening simultaneously. Um, yes. And then now you're working for Joy Music House, and are you still yes. are you still teaching uh, lessons now while you work for Joy Music House? Yes. Okay, so that's still and, part of your income. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what else are you doing? And then I'm working, so I'm doing a lot of songwriting. So that's been, and I wanted to say um, that you are a big part of that because Me? I when oh I sp- yes you <laughs> wow <laughs> um, because. So I had this sort of funny experience to me um, where I was asked to speak at this panel um, and in a classroom for... Oh, Catch the Moon? For Catch the Moon. Yeah. So they had asked me and Catch the Moon is like a songwriting program, but for 
whatever reason, they decided to allow me to come and speak or speak on their um, virtual classroom about just music and being in that industry, even though I hadn't been like professionally really doing songwriting. I had been releasing songs. Like I said, I did the Bieber Project, which isn't my songs, but me singing and all that. And then I had done an EP. And at the time I was working on an album that's now out in the universe, but I hadn't been really like commercially doing any songwriting in the meaning trying to sell my songs or anything like that, just releasing stuff as like passion projects. And then after I spoke at that class, like so many people um, had kind of reached out and then you had reached out and we had done this collaboration that was so fun and I love – it was fast and – but then the end result was like so fun and great. Insert clip here. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) But – it kind of like ignited that a little bit for me of like, oh, I think maybe I could do more of this on more of a commercial level mm-hmm. instead of just as like um, passion project stuff. And that industry is it's very different than scoring. And so it takes a lot of work just to kind of get in that world. And I hadn't done any of that work really And so, but since then, which was like you said, a little over a year ago, I've been writing a ton and did a ton of co-writes, especially that have come from that. And it's really like made that songwriting gig, like a gig for me. Um, And so, yeah, you were a big part of starting that for me. Thanks. I didn't know. I did not know that. (laughs) Um, But thank you. That's very encouraging. And I appreciate that. Well, it was, it was cool because when we met, through uh, is the Catch the Moon Access course is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> people can go check out catchthemoon.com and um, Kathy Heller, and she's an amazing uh, teacher, and she works in TV, film, doing sync licensing, uh, just so people know. That's how uh, how one of the ways I got into this, <clears throat> excuse me, the sync licensing aspect of it, trying to write music specifically for TV and film and and commercial ad campaigns and those types of things, putting, you know, actual songs, not just underscore music or instrumental music, but actual, when you hear a song on a TV commercial or a TV show or a film, when you hear an actual song with somebody singing it, uh, that's called sync music when it's placed in, you know, on those projects. And um, so I was doing this class learning how to do that because there's a little, it's very similar to doing like radio uh, pop music, whatever, but there's a, a slight difference in sort of maybe the, how it's laid out, you know, mm-hmm. cause they want these peaks and valleys and ways that you can cut and put the music, uh, to the picture and those types of things. So right. you came and spoke, you know, this, this video class that, that they did and, uh, you came on, you spoke and we're talking about scoring. And, and I just remember, I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to reach out to her. And again, this is, they're just the relationships, building relationships with people. Mm-hmm. As soon as, totally. um, while it was going, uh, and I'll I'll cue you in on what what I did here, and um and let the the listeners kind of know, know a little secret that I do. I don't know if I should tell this because I'm giving away secrets, but that's okay. There's room <laughs> there's room for all of us uh, to be successful totally. in this, and that's that's the goal. We want people to be successful. So here's a little tidbit. While you guys are talking, the the guest that's talking on the video call. While I'm listening to you, I am writing up the email that I'm sending to you, <laughs> you know, to be ready so that when it's over with, I can be the first one to reach out to you, you know, because I'm listening to what you're saying and what you're doing. And so I'm writing out, you know, what I want to, what to say to you and obviously say thank you for coming on and talking and, and talking about what you do and how you're successful at it and to encourage, you know, um, the people in the class and those types of things. You know, as soon as it's done, if, if they say, yeah, you can email me. Then I've got your email and boom, and it's and it's off. So I can say, hey, thank you, right up front. So you don't, you know, three or four days don't go by, and yeah. you've already forgotten what what's going on or who was a part of that or anything, and you don't really care anymore. So as soon as it was over, I just emailed and reached out to you and told you who I am and what I do. That I write music and produce and uh, compose music for for these types of things, and you know, would love to write together with you um, at some point. And you're like, yeah, sure. You know, and so it just kind of <laughs> is this easy, you know, easy conversation, you know, and again, just building relationships, getting to know people. And it's like, you know, if you can, if you got time to do it, great. If you don't, no worries. But, you know, I love to uh, t- to do something maybe at, at some point if you want to. And thankfully, you were like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. And sure enough, um, we got a 
got a brief that said, you know, we need this music for some sci-fi thing. And I had written the music out and I was like, there's no way I can sing. I didn't have lyric. It was a <laughs> quick turnaround. It was like literally like 24 hour t- turnaround, yeah. um, which is the way that that goes. Yeah. But I wrote this music and it was real sci-fi, industrial rock, sort of eerie kind of thing. Um, and then I thought, man, this would be great for hope, I bet, because I know I knew your voice. You had a really cool mm-hmm. and, and high uh, voice that you could get up there and really belt it out. And so I was like, hey, I need, I've got this song. I need lyrics that go along with this. Can you do this? And turn it around, <laughs> get it back to me in less than 24 hours. You're like, sure, right. okay. And sure yeah. enough, you know, you sent it back and, and it fit perfect. And uh, I sent it in. And guess what? They signed the song. Yeah. And I was, I was like, just, yes, I couldn't believe it. it was like that quick of a turnaround. And they said yes. And so they signed it yeah. and they've been pitching it. And I've got other um, licensing agencies that, that have been signing and pitching it. Actually, somebody just pitched it um, for a Stephen King thing the other day. I hadn't even told you that. Oh I just gosh. got this email the other Amazing. day saying, hey, <laughs> um, I want to pitch that song to this. It's like a, it's for like a sizzle reel or trailer or something. But it has to do with oh, the Stephen awesome. King TV show. And, uh, oh, I think I've heard about that. Yeah. And so I was like, um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> you know, sure. And I don't I haven't heard anything back, so I don't know if it's going to do anything or not. And But just yeah. the fact that it's out there and that it's totally. actively getting pitched. And, you know, and it's all because we just, you came onto that program. You talked. I reached yeah. out to you. We made a connection and we started writing and. Now we're getting songs that are being pitched to these huge opportunities. And now you're actually, you're actually songwriting and doing a lot more of that because of this, yeah. you know, introduction that you and I had. And that's awesome. So yeah, yeah, that's really, really amazing. cool. Um, there's one other, was there one other company that you're starting to write for now? Oh yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So I work now with a composer in addition to all the other, right? <laughs> all the other things, like you said, 10 things. Um, I work with a composer named Alex Alex Garingas, um, and that same thing, like that came, that gig came because my friend Karam, who I went to UCLA with, has been working as his assistant for the past um, like two years or so, and they did the TV, the animated TV show Trolls, mm. and they work in a ton of animation. Um, and I can't really tell you any of the stuff I'm working on with him, <laughs> which is a bummer because it's all really fun. That's cool. Um, but you'll see eventually. And yeah, but my friend Karam called me actually now like a in November. It will have been a year ago. So like it's it was a while ago. And he was like, you know, I work with this guy and um, I've been his assistant and I'm moving into a co-writing position with him and um, we would like to bring you in to potentially like fill my job Oh wow! Um, so that I can be co-writing with him. That's cool. And I was just sort of like, okay, like very daunting because this is like um, you know, they're busy people and, um, it's for big studios, you know, Trolls is done by DreamWorks and it's, it's big. They'd have, they've had a show on Disney. They've had a show on Nickelodeon. Like they've done, they're doing shows on all these different stuff. Um, and I was very scared, but just sort of like, sure, you know, (laughs) Like you just never say no. Right. Never say no. <laughs> and you figure so, it out as you go yeah, and you'll figure find it out. a way to do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I thought, you know, my friend Karam is saying that he thinks I'd be perfect for this. I don't know. Let's just see what happens. And so I met with them um, just for lunch one day to like casually kind of talk about what they're up to. And it wasn't like a super – it was sort of like, yeah, we we like you. We want to add you to the team when the time is right kind of thing. And so I just said, okay, you know, I'm here when you want me to. And and then a lot of time went by and every once in a while I would get an email just like, hey, Hope, do you think you could? Like I organized their whole library from Trolls because they've done, you know, over 100 episodes and they wanted all their music like tagged and, and organized. So like, yeah, sure, send it over. I can do that, mm-hmm. you know. 
just really little um, making, you know, they had a recording session and they needed the cello part like put on paper. Um, okay, yeah, sure, send it over. So like really tiny things um, since that time. And then um, a couple months ago they were like, we're starting this new TV show and we want you to be like the official assistant of that show. It's like 36 episodes. Oh, and that's what you can't talk about. Yeah, I can't talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I can talk about the process. I no, can't tell you no, I don't, yeah, but... <laughs> no, I have to make sure that, that's, that we're on the same page and that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what's the process yeah. for that? Um, my role on that that show is going to be sitting in on spotting sessions. So that the, I'll give you, um, for the listener, a scoring 101 of how this goes. Okay. Um, but the first thing is a spotting session. So we're sitting in with the executive producer of the show um, to – watch the episode and basically talk about the score. What When is the in, when is the out of the music? And normally there's temp score already put in it, um, meaning that they've an editor has already added what they kind of want it to sound like through music that's not ours. And then um, so we're listening with the temp. We're talking about if the temp works there, if it doesn't work there. And all that stuff. And my job is really just to take the notes throughout the session, writing in all the time code and making sure that I've got everything that they've talked about so that Alex, the composer, or Karam can then just engage with the director or executive producer without having to write anything down. So that's like step one. And then um, step two is sort of they do their composing and then I create like I add all the music into Logic and do a QuickTime movie for like pass number one. And then they send it over. And basically I'm kind of running the back and forth between the two. Any new notes I get back, getting those clarified, sending them over. And then Part of the fun thing is occasionally like I will get to do a music edit of my own and if there's a note, like there's times that I'll get to be the one sort of applying those changes, which is super fun as a – the fact that this is a bigger TV show and not like an indie film project, it's very scary. But it's also exciting that there will be little opportunities for me to be creative while I'm in this position and then the hope is obviously that – that there will be more and more of those as we go. And that's Alex too. He's, I've been really lucky that I've worked with such wonderful, kind people. And he's so just like wanting to see me be successful. And he feels like he was helped a lot when he came. And so he wants to do the same for others Mm -hmm. and using his good fortune to help others um, be fortunate, um, which is amazing. And they've been really, really great. So yeah, we go through that whole process of sending back and forth and then I do all the printing of the stems. So that's taking the entire episode and um, every single cue having taken the drums, the orchestra, the vocals, whatever is in there. And on Trolls, they use a lot of vocal stuff. Um, But taking all those, those what are called stems and you have to separate them all out and print them for the mixing stage. And so basically getting that to where the they're ready to put it all in on the mixing stage. And then we do that over and over and over. Over and over <laughs> and, and over, over again, again for each episode. Yeah. For each episode. And we're working on a lot of shows. So I'm like the official assistant of one show. But then um, I just – so I'm also like I create – have been doing lead sheets. So they send me audio of a song that they wrote for a TV show because they do a lot of songs in these animated shows. So they send me that and then I have to create a lead sheet for it. So the melody line and the chord chart from the audio, which has been fun and challenging. Um, Some of these these songs, it's like kids shows. So the songs are crazy. But yeah, so I make those like that's that's kind of another part of the job and all kinds of crazy tasks. So, so. you so there those two guys are writing writing all the music for all mm-hmm. the shows. Is that correct basically? Yes. Okay. And yep. then and then you're having to take what they write and what they record and then you're printing mm-hmm. stems and all the lead sheets and all those types of things. You're doing all the technical aspect after it's recorded basically. Yep. To make sure yep. it, it gets on film where it needs to be and so that when it goes to air, you've got it all yep. laid out. 
Yeah. Awesome. And that part of it is like it's it's very daunting because it's very important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's so technical. Um, and I, I don't say that as like a I'm very important, but just like it's a scary task yeah, a lot. to do all this part of it. Yeah, it's a lot riding <laughs> on like your shoulders. A lot of, totally. Yeah. There's a lot of like very important people who um who need me to do this well, really well. So it's been intimidating. But yeah, I mean good. everything and not to not to lay intimidation on top of you, but I mean everything <laughs> kind of rises and falls with with what you do in that position. Yes. Yeah. You know, from what it yeah it sounds like. Um and that's, yeah, that's you, what keeps me up at night. Oh goodness. Oh, don't let it don't let it do that. Um it's not worth that. Yeah. I don't don't let, don't let anything ever keep you up at night. I mean you're living you're getting to live a dream scenario right now. Even though it is daunting and there's a lot of work there, there are so many people yeah. um, that would love to be able to do what you're getting to do. And yeah. and again, and you got there because of a relationship. I keep coming back to that totally. because that's, you know, yeah. it's somebody you went to college with. And just like you got um, the cats out of the bag, um, composer thing is a relationship, somebody that you knew, uh, totally. that, you, that they knew, whatever. And then mm-hmm. even that first project, you know, you met the girl at the retail store and said, Hey, I'm a composer. Here's my stuff. You know, if you ever need anything and, you know, and so it all comes back to building relationships and it, it, totally. it's affording you opportunities that you probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, yeah. So, and that's awesome. And I'm that, so glad you get to do that. Yeah. It's amazing. I think relationships and saying yes, like that's because there's so many times that I am asked to do something that I'm like, do I really know? Like, and not even do I know, like I know how to make a lead sheet, but it it feels different when it's like, because I have to submit it to DreamWorks. Like right. it feels, it's very scary. And I think like that pressure that you can, you feel when the stakes are higher is oftentimes like, you know, you just want to kind of back away. And the days when music was just a hobby. Yeah. And then it feels really daunting when it becomes your job at times because you feel now that people are relying on your ability and that can be really scary. I mean, every scoring project I get before you've written a note on the page is just like a total mental game of like, can I do this again? And like, am I, you know, what if they hate it? You know, you haven't even written anything and it's just like, what if they hate it? And there's a lot of that, but I think saying, yes is like I just keep doing that and and things just kind of keep coming. And I think also like never feeling like you're above the work. Like I am an assistant to somebody. I'm not writing the music for trolls. Like that's not my job and it doesn't bother me. But I think it is hard. Like you can't have – you have to be hopeful of what the seeds that you're sowing in your work and that they will produce fruit at some point. And that might be years down the road, but knowing that it will. And if I can make enough money to survive doing some of these tasks that are like, they're really important, but they're not always creative. That's like totally okay. Because I know that what I'm doing now is going to produce fruit later if I'm just patient and do the best that I can at everything that I'm doing. Sure. And well, also, you're like your friend got you this position, you know, mm-hmm. because he was moving up from that position to be able to co-write with the owner of the company. Right. You know, and so you've already seen that, okay, this is where it can go. And now you're doing that yeah. position and that, you know, it will inevitably lead to to those other opportunities, whether it be with... Right. You can see sure. the path. Yeah, whether it be with <laughs> that particular company or with someone else because they're seeing what you've done here and they know your other work. Right. And so it's going to open up doors. Um, and that's awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us your story and just kind of walking through those things. Real quick, just to kind of end here, what what is some practical advice that you would give people wanting to get into uh, either scoring for films or uh, or composing or even getting into like the position that you're doing now working on these TV yeah. shows and more the administration sort mm-hmm. of aspect of things. Like what what's some advice that you would give to people either wanting to do that, that are interested in doing it or that are actively trying to do it currently? 
Yeah, I would say get involved in the community of whatever you're doing. So if you like whatever wherever you live, if there's any sense of um a place where you can meet other people in your field, you need to go there. <laughs> um because like we've talked about like relationships are so important and if it weren't for being involved with a lot of people and like making sure that I know people and that they know me, I know none of these people would <laughs> I wouldn't be in any of these jobs. Right. So no matter how much – I mean, your talent is important, but no matter how much time and energy you're putting into that, like you also have to be putting a lot of time and energy into making sure that people know you exist. Like the internet is not enough. Right, um, sure. And that's really like – I have a website. I think I – I don't know if – I think I've gotten one email for a job that was like somebody obviously found me on like Google or something. Mm-hmm. But – Everything else has been word of mouth, through relationships, through school, through the AWFC, through the SCL, which is the Society of Composers and Lyricists. That's also really great. Like those meeting places have been where I've met people and made those connections. And so if you have – if you're not doing any of that, it is super worth your time and energy. And I would also just say like – the work that you're doing now might not always be what's immediately paying your bills, but will hopefully be something that you see results from later. And so to just like be able to have that mentality, you know, of like what I'm doing now, as long as I'm seeing these these steps forward, I'm not going backwards. They're just small steps forward that those are going to eventually – turn into what I want to be doing. It's and it takes an incredible amount of patience and trust that that is the result that you're going to get. But I think like persistence is such is a thing that a lot of people don't end up sticking it out because it's so hard to stay persistent when a year goes by and you really haven't seen the things that you wanted to see happen, sure. you know. Yeah, it's discouraging when you don't get when you've been waiting that long and there's no you don't see results happening, but a lot of times things are happening behind the scenes on someone else's end, you know, we're wanting to work with on some level. And, you know, it's, it's kind of bubbling back there. We don't know it. And then kind of out of nowhere, sometimes it all of a sudden you'll get an email or a phone call, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, okay, well here, and here, here we go. And we're off. A hundred percent. Yeah. And even like thinking about like our song, like we wrote that, over a year ago, well over a year ago. And it, who knows what will happen. It may never get licensed, but it also might. And it only takes that, you know, that one opportunity to be like, oh, that was totally, you know, that turned into something. And then it's like, even if, even if that one thing didn't turn into, um, cash flow, it might've turned into, oh, but that relationship and doing that project with this person led to doing another project that then became something. So it's all just it's it's so much waiting and not putting all your hope in one thing and trying to like even out those expectations, which I think when you first start is like really, really hard um, because you're just so hopeful in the beginning that things are going to be great Um, and they will. But it really just it's one of those fields that's like it just takes a long time. Yeah to really build that career and you do end up doing a lot of things. But if you can be patient, like I, like you, I mean, like I said, like I started in such a weird path to get to where I am and I still feel like I'm just kind of learning and getting into it and it's been years, you know? And so it just takes a lot of being patient with yourself and with other things and trusting that the connections you're making and the the work that you're doing for free or for really cheap when you're first starting, like do it because you're passionate about it. And then you don't know, like something great could come of it, sure. you know? It's so true. you just have to really trust. Yep. That's cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing all of that information and great insight. I'm so grateful that you came on and, and talked with me and, and with our audience. Um, and we'll keep, hoping and praying that things continue to work out for you because you're doing awesome work and um, I'm grateful to know you and, and be friends with you. And um, 
yeah. and Same. hope the things, the shows that you're working on now that you can't talk about are going to be super awesome <laughs> and successful. And once those those things do come out, those shows are out and that we can all see them, then um, maybe you can come back on and talk a little more detail on some of those things at some point would be awesome. Totally. Awesome. How can people look you up if they want to check out your music or find out more about what you're doing? Yeah. So I go under HB Thal. Okay. Thal is spelled T-H-A-L. And so I'm on Spotify. You can check out some of my songs there, but everything is under that name. If you type in HB Thal, you'll find my website, you'll find my IMDB, find my Spotify, all of it under HB Thal. So yeah. Cool. Well, and then, and also uh, I think two of our songs are on your website that I noticed the other night. <laughs> it was like, oh, it's awesome. She oh, put yeah. Her songs in there. So, um, <laughs> But we're gonna play. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna play that song here, closing out. Oh, let cool. everybody hear that. And Yay! Yeah, so it's awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being with us, and have a great rest of yeah, your day. Absolutely. Thank All you. Right. You too. Thank you guys for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Hope and were inspired by the things that she had to say about music production and scoring. Remember, Edenbrook Music is here to help if you need consultation services via phone, FaceTime, or Skype. Please contact us and let us know how we can help you to begin making a living in the music industry.